I'm Katie. I'm Garrett. We started a podcast. And Against the odds. <laughs> we both have ADHD and we're diagnosed as adults. So we're tackling that late diagnosis and what that means for each of us every week. And we also take little side quests into things like the history of tarot and the history of Geraldo Rivera's mustache. Lots of side quests and um, rabbit holes. I think every week has different rabbit holes that we fall down. Yes. Um, and we are excellent at getting sidetracked. I think it's some may say professionals (laughs) (laughs) so if you also like getting sidetracked and want to laugh along with your two new best friends tune in every thursday to the bar is ankle high available on all platforms and follow us on instagram and facebook at the bar is ankle high Bye. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm getting... Oh, you ate like peanut peanut carcasses out of your gums? Yes. (laughs) So you're going to hear me like smacking my lips. I just see your tongue going like Spongebob (laughs) over there like when he's wetting his lips for... (laughs) Yeah, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway happy february it's already february of 2023 what in god's name i know i don't know i don't know it's been okay so far we're only a month in but i overall mm, seven and a half out of ten it's not bad oh okay yeah (laughs) i mean it's whatever so far i feel like it's been all right i know when this uh, episode airs, we're going to find out how much more winter we're dealing with. Thank you, Groundhog. That's true. Yes. It'll be, so it'll be Groundhog, this Groundhog are, Day, Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog One, Day. There is a, a single, single Groundhog. groundhog. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what I want to know. I just, whatever it is, I just want, so like it's, it's been on and off. The, the temperature's been kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to pick one. And stay there. Preferably, this sounds crazy. I want it to be bitter cold and stay bitter cold for for like you know global warming's sake. Like I, I want to see yeah. some, you know. Uh, I guess Kelsey. I guess I know, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess. Yeah, I'm just sick what? of it. Like fifty, ten, twenty, thirty. 10 and 60 doing something awful what? to my immune system that's true everybody's like snotty and weird <sighs> oh I'm, I'm literally i know i'm just like i've had so much coffee today i need to get it together oh my god get it together okay so oh yeah it's the it's the first thursday of Fre- february i said oh yeah like i just surprised myself <laughs> with what we're doing Duh. yay so the first thursday of the month as you all know i say that we've been inconsistent we try our best i uh, yeah is a personal experience of our own a place that we have visited investigated for you mm-hmm. and we have sort of just that for you today there, sort of yes. there's a there's an asterisk with with the location today yes i guess we could probably go ahead and 
say it now? Would that be? Yeah, I suppose. So you know what you're getting into. I uh, listen, y'all. We try our best. We're human, and we're also so bad at time management. So well, our schedules are a lot different too. So it's hard to find time to. That's true. So this location we are going to cover. We're going to cover the history. We are going to investigate it, but. We have not gone on the investigation yet. Yes, we didn't get it in time. <laughs> we didn't get it booked in time. So uh, we're working out. We're working that out. Um, and we're going to go investigate it. We swear we're going to come back to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get ready for part two. But that means we got a twofer for you. Because we want to make sure we do it justice. So today we're actually going to be discussing two different places in the same town. Yes. Uh, we are in Fowler, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to make sure... And hopefully if things go well, we can have an entire episode to discuss all the happenings. But, yes, yeah. Uh, we want to make sure that we have enough time to do this place justice. So we didn't get... To schedule it before this episode, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But we're going to hit you with all the history and haunted, um, alleged hauntings behind those places. Yes. And then we will be following up later <laughs> with our personal experience. Which, like, I'm ready for. It's sometimes we go on like spurts. So we'll go on these these sprees of like haunted place, haunted place because we have the time. Mm-hmm. And then we have, so we have episodes ready. And then there's like a drought. And we've been in a drought. And I'm ready. My body is ready for well, the good weather. Is it's hard to do stuff with the weather too, though, because yeah, I yeah. don't know if you noticed the place we're going does not have air or heat. That's unfortunate, uh, <laughs> yeah. but at least it is within walls. That's true, and they said there is electricity, but okay. Well, there's that at least. Yeah, we're just gonna have to <laughs> see what the weather holds for us. Yeah, because who knows what'll be what it will be by the time we get there. It's ever-changing. Who knows? But anyway, we're in Fowler, Indiana, hitting up two locations. Uh, I've realized, I don't know if we did, did we do demographics on Fowler for this? No. (coughs) Oh my God, the peanuts. (laughs) They're coming for you. (laughs) No, uh, we don't typically do the demographics for places we visit. So I didn't look up any. I thought about it, but I realize we haven't in the past. My understanding is that it's smaller. It's outside of Lafayette, mm-hmm. which is a bigger, you know, bigger city in Indiana. Yeah. Fowler, not so much. Is there a hair? Yes, it's bothering me. I can see I can see what you're trying to grab. Did you get it? I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a hair on her. If I do it, you're going to get like ASMR. Oh, <laughs> a little scritch. No? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. You need some tweezers? No, it's stop. okay. Okay, just stop looking at it, I guess. It's just me being anxious, I think, picking at things. It's okay. Stop. I'm Man. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got me stressed. My fingers. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, we're going to get into this. But I just want to say that this, speaking of this weather being trash, my fingers, I got one, two, I think I counted the other day, six of my ten fingers are split Oh, God. Split. I'm using the O'Keefe's Working Hands by uh, O'Keefe himself. No, I don't know. (laughs) By recommendation of, like, a number of people. They're like, that stuff works wonders. And, like, I hate lotion. Truthfully, I hate the way this stuff feels on my hands. But, like, I'm willing to try anything at this point. I'm so tired. Between between the weather and, like, I wash my hands a lot at work and my hands are wet a lot at work because of what Mm, I do. Yeah. I just, my thumb hurts so bad. I'm so tired of it. 
Yeah, that would suck. You're really focused, huh? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just... I know, but you're like bugging me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll stop. I can't even see. I don't want to look. I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Fowler, Indiana. We are going to cover two places. I'm going to go first. Is that what we decided? Yeah, that's fine. Go okay. I, you, you would think we planned this beforehand. <laughs> anyway, the first location that we will be visiting is the Fowler Theater. Mm-hmm. And we, when we were trying to decide who was going to cover which, we said, obviously, I would cover the theater being the gay one. Just kidding. <laughs> but we were, we were both actually in theater. I did say that I would say the majority of people that work in the background of theater end up being some flavor of LGBTQIA+. And Megan was like, hey. I yeah. said, almost everyone. Not everyone. Some slip through A the cracks. A good portion. <laughs> A good portion uh, can confirm that is true. <laughs> so the history of Fowler Theater is coming from, surprise, Fowler Theater's website itself. Oh. Wow. And it's kind of funny. So if you look, I'll show Megan. It, there's our, They have two sections, our theater's history and then our board's history. Okay. Theater's history. Oh. Is bullet pointed. Wow. And then board history. What the? No, I know. So we'll get into it. Uh, So here's their bullet point list history of the Fowler Theater. I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It was built in 1940, so not super old. Uh, The original owner was Dick Vlastos. Nope. I know. In 2001, the Prairie Preservation Guild, a nonprofit organization, was formed to save the theater and purchase the theater for $30,000. That's a steal that's honestly and so like it makes i mean i guess just with it being a smaller town so in 61 years Mm -hmm. she fell in into hard times and had to be bought out so that kind of sucks uh-huh funding was obtained from indiana historic landmarks foundation which was a two thousand dollar grant and a sixty thousand dollar line of credit piggy Ah, she loves her auntie. She does. Maybe she'll just sit up on your shoulder and hang out. Ooh, she's giving me an old starfish. I sure hope so. (laughs) God dang it. Um, The theater reopened in December of 2001 and renovations continued until you see what we have in place today. Hmm. Wow. The artist behind the beauty is David Orr of Sapphire Sapphire Theater Company out of Indianapolis. And all the detail paintings were done by him. In the lobby, the... Frieza was done on his back. The free what is F R I E S E? F R I E S E. Frieza? Sure. Guys, I don't know. Golly, I should have looked that one up. Uh was done on his back on scaffolding. So I'm guessing like the ceiling. Okay. Uh, was done on his back on scaffolding for five days. Oh boy. Like this old back could never. I don't know how young <laughs> this man is, but like not me. Couldn't uh. be me. That's all they have on their history, the theater's history, but then they have the board's history, which, I mean, obviously is important, so let's get into it. Over the last several years, the town of Fowler has been actively working to revitalize its business corridors in an effort to reverse this trend of declining economic viability. Good for them. With the approval of the town, a volunteer group of concerned citizens was formed to reverse this decline and correct the blighted conditions in the downtown area. One business that has remained open in Fowler is the Fowler Theater. The last remaining local movie theater within a 30-mile radius, it has been operating since its construction in 1940. 
Goodness. Uh, when it was built, the Fowler Theater was a grand state-of-the-art facility with grandiose decorating and all the technological marvels of the time. It was one of the most ornate and impressive theaters in the region. In fact, the Fowler Theater was one of only five movie theaters in the country to premiere Gone with the Wind. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Indi- Indiana always has these weird little gems. There you go. Always something. <laughs> A lot has changed at the Fowler Theater over its 60-year history. As a result... 60-year? What? Depending on what year this was last updated, I guess. Yeah, update that. A lot has changed at the Fowler Theater over its 60-year history. As a result of the changing farm economy and the advent of the large movie complexes in Lafayette, uh, fewer people stayed in Fowler to watch movies at the local theater. Consequently, the Fowler's Theater passed grandeur... Grandeur... How grandeur? Grand, okay, I say that, but then I feel like kind of like a beehole saying it that way. Kind of like, when, like when people walk in a house and they're like, this is the foyer or this is the foyer. Mm-hmm. It's tomato, tomato, but I feel silly saying either. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, its past fanciness had not been maintained by its owners as profits declined. The building continued to deteriorate as the roof developed leaks. Finally, very few local people would attend a movie there due to unsafe and moldy conditions inside. It sounds an awful lot like local high schools here. Anyway, the business was failing and the owner could not afford to make the needed repairs to increase his clientele. Clientele. (laughs) It was at this point that the downtown revitalization group identified this business as an imminent danger of closure and further contributing to the overall decline of the town. Basically, they're like, you're giving us a bad name. Let's help you out. Yeah. The situation became more more desperate when, in the spring of 2001, movies were no longer being shown, and it was discovered that the owner was planning to sell the remaining architecturally interesting pieces from the inside of the theater, as well as the original marquee, to convert the theater into a warehouse. Lame. boo. Lame. Not wanting to see this happen, the Prairie Preservation Guild, a not-for-profit group dedicated to rescuing the historical theater and keeping low-cost entertainment available in our community was formed. The Fowler Theater reopened in December 2001 with a free movie for Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since that time, movies have been shown every weekend. Remarkably, the Prairie Preservation Guild has operated the Fowler Theater entirely with volunteers. Hmm. Uh, There's a sign-up sheet located in the lobby of the theater where individuals, families, and community groups add their names to the list of those willing to donate their time to sell tickets, operate the concession stand, run the projector, and clean up after the show. I don't, I mean, like, if it works, it works. Free labor. (laughs) I have to burp all of a sudden. What in the world? Oh, no. I did it. Every... (laughs) Every week, a group of people is contacted to take charge of the shows for the weekend. Members of the Prairie Preservation Guild have taken on this logistical challenge and have never failed to show a movie for lack of volunteers. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. The cost of the show has been kept low because a major goal of the group was to provide the entertainment to the community that would be affordable to families. The cost of an adult ticket is $6. Okay. And for children under 13, it is $4. This is significantly less than the larger movie houses charge in Lafayette. That's true. Yeah. The concession stand is also reasonably priced. Uh, concession range in price from $1 to $6 with specials added frequently. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Considering the larger theaters start at like $6. Yes. For like what? A raisinette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
In addition to regular movies, we offer other events, including several free shows throughout the year, so people who might not be able to afford to pay admission have the opportunity to enjoy a movie several times a year. These movies are often sponsored by local businesses. So that is cool of them. Yeah. Good for them. Your cat has just taken she up She's really, residence. yeah, she has made herself comfy, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Is she drooling down your shirt or is that a, a, a shadow? Oh, she's drooling. She's drooling on me. That's good. She hasn't done that in a while. Very excited today. She likes me a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, sorry, that was quick and dirty of the history of Fowler Theater. Now, haunted history yay cool let's see what we might be getting into oh i'm excited i'll be honest i forgot to put where i got this information from i did it on my laptop and then uh i got bougie okay i bought a macbook guys it was a while ago i bought a macbook because i figured it would be the best for me (laughs) for to transport information back and forth so if Mm -hmm. those of you that know that have iphones and macbooks you can like type up on your notes app on your macbook and it goes straight to your phone what doesn't go straight to your phone are all of the tabs that you had open on your macbook so i don't know i didn't write the the uh source but just know it's it's a source it's It's, out there somewhere yeah if you want to transcribe what i'm about to say go find it yourself it can't be that hard Anywho, I will say this one, I can't remember what it is, but it's like somebody wrote, obviously somebody wrote it, that's dumb, but it sounds like it's a piece that they wrote for like an art page. So like, they're speaking in the first person, but it gets to the point. So some of, I I was going to cut it, but I'm like, maybe some of this is important. So I just have it exactly the way that they wrote it. It'll get to the spooky stuff in a minute. Okay. They said the summer of 2016 brought news of, of a commission from the Storytelling Arts of Indiana. That's the website, Storytelling Arts of Indiana, <laughs> and Indiana Landmark marks to write and tell a story about the fowler theater a 1940s movie theater in fowler indiana and winner of the 2016 cook cup award for outstanding restoration so they must have done a good job Mm -hmm. this person said i love a creative project the research the writing and the performance but i hesitated about the project this would be my second commission for the series if these walls could tell i had learned a lot from a 2014 commission to write about marquette park in gary indiana very scary place <laughs> gary uh, or the park uh gary indiana okay well duh, gary indiana no offense gary i've been there and i'll tell you what in the world is going on like it's been a minute uh-huh but like yikes yikes yeah. <laughs> uh, just going down the main strip like the main road like buildings are boarded up and graffiti and windows are busted out and i was like is there anything open here that's scary but that was like 10 years ago so maybe you're better Maybe. Anyway, uh, it's really hard to write about a building is what this person is saying. In fact, it is impossible. But I also learned that a story can be found in the people, the people involved with the creation and with the award-winning renovation. Their stories about their motivations and their work can become a compelling tale. I knew I had to start talking to some people to find those stories. I had a list of names from Mark Zabadi. I'm not Mm -hmm. joking. (laughs) Zabadi? Uh, at Indiana Landmarks, and one name was Jill Bird, the manager of the Fowler Theater. I spoke to Jill on the phone and started the interview with a few preliminary questions. (sighs) Listen, the cat's gotta go. You gotta go, piggy. Bye-bye. She just dropped a very expensive piece of equipment. I did. I'll get it in a second. Okay. (laughs) You can silently do it while I'm speaking. Uh, (laughs) 
so she spoke with Jill, who was the manager of the Fowler Theater at the time, on the phone and started the interview with a few preliminary questions and then told her that research on the internet indicated that the theater is haunted and had recently been featured on a paranormal ghost hunter show. Oh. Wow. I asked her if that was something I should pursue. Her reply gave me shivers through and through when she said, quote, I deal with the ghosts every day. Deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Or so, ghost singular. She said, a ghost. <gasps> Stories of people are interesting, but a story about a ghost. Ghosts make great protagonists. <laughs> I was all well, that's a writer for you. <laughs> yeah. I was often running with my angle for the story. I talked to many members of a group that had come together with the intent to renovate the theater, and they called themselves the Prairie Preservation Guild. Guild members and other community members told of having encountered the ghost often, stories that have made it the eighth most haunted building in Indiana. Uh, so they're not claiming that they're the most haunted, but according to some list somewhere that shan't be named, they are the eighth, eighth. The eighth most haunted building in Indiana. Building in Indiana. Hmm, yes. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Mm, well, let's, yeah. let's see. Uh, yeah. Make our own list. All of them agree that the ghost is the original 1940 builder and owner, Richard Vlastos. A fabulous tour of the theater was a highlight of my research. No, I did not see the ghost. Darn it. But I did meet Jill Bird and Karen Clem, who took me on the tour of what is truly a breathtaking building. Later that day, I interviewed Karen Ma Moyers, who kindly sent me an archive she compiled of the building's history. The story I have created involves a haunted building, a ghost with a past, and a mighty band of modern-day heroes who love the theater. One reason the renovation of this building won the 2016 Cook Cup for Outstanding Reserva Restoration Golly, oh. <laughs> was the community-wide effort to save and then run this theater. The same community came to the aid of this storyteller as well. They welcomed me and told me their stories, and I cannot wait to share them on the stage at the Indiana Landmark Center. Unfortunately, I was not there, so I did not get to hear the story, but we got the little brief snippet here of the owners like, old others ghosts. Yeah. So I took to YouTube, as I tend to do, and I found a new story. I think it's, it's W, what was it? W-L-I-T-V, so West Lafayette, Indiana TV, most likely. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they had a new story about the theater. I was going to transcribe the whole video, but I just couldn't focus to do that. So I just, <laughs> I just, um, uh, prefaced. They doing interviews obviously they go and they ask people like do you think it's haunted blah 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 like this specifically wasn't just about the theater's history they're like there are ghosts here mm -hmm. it actually i'd be interested to find this whole series but wlitv was saying another stop on our haunted places of lafayette uh, -huh. uh is outside of lafayette the fowler theater whatever Okay. Asking people if it's haunted. They spoke to Travis Farney, who is a investigator for 765 Paranormals team. Okay. Uh, they asked him about it. He said that everyone, and I'm assuming everyone is the other investigators in his group, uh, talk about having similar experiences every time they investigate this place. And of course, some nights are more active than others, as we've discussed before. It does not happen in one night. Don't let them, don't let them make you believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, examples given were uh, lights flashing, doors opening, random voices and sounds, and the men's bathroom faucet has been known to turn on and off by itself. All right, we're cleanly. Yes, and this is, uh, I know they were talking about the one entity in the last article, but they there are three spirits that they believe frequent this place. 
One that's been reported several times is known as the man in a trench coat and fedora. Who, yeah. <laughs> a fedora. fedora. <laughs> Uh, some locals believe it's the original owner making sure that whoever is there is taking care of the place. So he never does anything mean. He's just always like kind of there. And they're like, well, he's still watching over it, I guess. Yeah. Another entity is thought to be that of a manager who had killed himself, not at the theater, but while he managed the theater. Mm -hmm. And based on interactions investigators have had, they believe his spirit may still visit there from time to time. So, there's that. Okay. Uh, the last entity is a child, of now. course. <laughs> and now we're getting into a little bit of... See, now I see a hair on mine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, see? This, see? This cannot happen. Anyway. Uh, gosh, I get distracted easily. What the heck? <laughs> oh, uh, so those are the entities that's going to talk a little bit about this child, but now we get into a little bit of other people's experience. There was a group that came in from Chicago... And they apparently had put up one of their own cameras, just like a phone camera, up next to the theater's uh, security camera that's looking into the theater itself. Uh-huh. And uh, they picked up a voice of a child. And they, like, picked up a voice, and it sound, they gave it to the owner or somebody at the theater, and they're like, what do you think this is? And the person was like, there's literally no guessing what this was. It was a little kid who just yelled, like, Mom? Like, they were yelling across the theater, like, and it echoed. It echoed like it would in an empty theater. Ugh. And uh, so they listened back on the security camera, and there wasn't, they said there wasn't a voice on the camera at the same time as their phone camera, but what there was was, oh, like, in unison. I know that's going to be loud, but uh. I don't care. <laughs> but it was in unison with the phone, like, the timing of the phone camera saying, Mom. So it's like okay. somebody breathed really heavy into the security camera while they heard mom. Okay. So like weird. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's another creepy recording of someone sound. And it's funny because they just kind of played it in passing. But again, I think in the main theater, there's a recording of, uh, it's weird, just a voice that sounds like it's being choked off. Like maybe they're choking on something. Uh-huh. And it's just like help me like really really intense oh no i know oh, goodness <laughs> uh, and i can't tell it kind of sounds like a woman but like imagine i i'm like it's a theater it sounds like someone choking on popcorn and they're like getting kind of frantic and they're like help me so, yeah it could be an actor i mean i would do the same oh that's true too i'm over here like popcorn <laughs> i no, that was my first thought too but then it could also be an actor yeah uh, they've also picked up a voice answering them when they asked. They were up where the projector is. The pro what do they even call? It? I don't know where the projection the projection thing is. Uh huh. And they were asking like if the projector operator, if he was there or if they were there, if they could talk to them. Of course, you don't hear anything in the moment, but they play back the recording. And when they you hear them say like, "So your name's not Luke. If if your name's not Luke, then what is it?" And it sounds like someone is just standing next to them. It's not even like a garbled a little bit. It's a little quieter. Uh -huh. They're like, oh, if your name's not Luke, then what is it? Russ. Just the guy's like, Russ. Just oh. no denying it. All right, then. Which, I mean, kind of a lame name, but go off, I guess. But <laughs> if you want proof, 
they released this information, their their investigation on Facebook. They were like, here's what we found. And they did release that audio clip of the guy saying, Russ, uh-huh. they got a phone call from a girl, or they, got, they were contacted by a girl who said that she is the daughter of the original projection oper- projector operator of the theater. Her father's name was Russ. Oh. So, yikes. Weird. Yeah. And, oh, and then there was a time where, the, again, with the security camera looking in, now that we know that this is ran by volunteers and they decide what movies will be played, there's actually a video of them deciding what Christmas movie to play. Uh-huh. And they said it was less what movie to play, and they were having a debate on if Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Quick, <sighs> quick answer. Is it a Christmas movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, they're, like, debating this, and they come to a conclusion, and they're like, do we think Die Hard's a Christmas movie? Yeah. And as soon as they say yeah, all the lights along the wall turn green, and the spotlights turn on on the stage. So they're like, I think they approve of Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, So sorry, I don't know if that was long or not. It wasn't too bad. So that is a little bit of background on the Fowler Theater, the history of it, and some investigations that have been done. They said it's the eighth most haunted building in Indiana. So, and I do love a good theater. Gosh, I love a good theater. So I am excited to check this place out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like anything malicious is there, which is good. The kid ghost, well, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've got for the Fowler Theater. It just makes me think of our own theater here in town. And Are I'm, you thinking of, I just picture the Indiana Theater. Yeah, and it's disappointing that it's not open to the public anymore. Yeah. It's, they used to play movies, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know it was a theater at one point, but I mean, like, in recent history. Yeah, I'd say in the last, oh my god, I guess now 20 years. Ugh, so maybe. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I don't know, for those of you that have been sticking around for the long haul, you'll recall, I feel like we've mentioned it before, we've wanted to investigate the, the local theater, the Indiana Theater. It is a very old, very cool, architecturally speaking, like, just theater yeah that while it was a theater we had multiple friends who worked there who can confirm all of these things that just happened while they were there inexplicable things they Mm -hmm. actually i think used a ouija board yes and had a oh yeah if you go back all the way to our second listener episode i believe so yeah one of those yeah it was when we spoke with cody uh he was one of the ones that worked at the at the theater and had his own experiences with things that have happened there. Mm-hmm. Friend, other friends have had experiences with things that have happened there. <sighs> they won't let us investigate it. No. We tried. It used to be owned by a friend's family. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a very easy in. Yeah, but uh, they sold it. They and- sold it. And the new family does not want to entertain the, perpetuate the idea of ghosts being there. Yeah. Because I don't think that's really a secret. I think some people people around Terre Haute kind of know that. Right. Along with another building here in town that they own as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they won't let anyone investigate for personal reasons, for That whatever. one I understood. There is, a, it's a little more personal to them. Yeah, it's a, it's a bar here in town in recent history, as in like the last 30 years. Not even 30, I'd say 10 to 15. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Uh, a friend, 
and worker of the bar passed away in, in the, the bar. bar. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that is very traumatic. It sucks. Maybe more time needs to pass for these things. But rightfully so, they don't want people doing investigations there because that's like, that's like if you're mom died in the in your house and someone's like can we see if we can contact her like yeah. no no so i did have the fair. opportunity to go into the indiana theater when i was in college i took a folklore class and i actually used that for my my paper that i had to do my essay whatever it was and i got to go in there and do interviews and investigate a little bit so mm-hmm. But that's the last time I was in it was so probably like 2013 or something. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. I'm excited to go to the theater. Yes. Yeah. There's one other place we're going to visit while we're there. And I'm personally am excited for this one just because of other similar places we've visited have mm-hmm. turned out very well. I know we're we're two for two on locations like this, right? That have been yeah. that have turned up some pretty uh, alarming alarming evidence. evidence yeah. yeah, which you can find on our Patreon if mm-hmm. you go there. Um, we're going to be visiting the old Benton Old Benton County Jail. Yes, gosh, man, I know but our old jail in and Rotary Jail. Both of those we got like evidence evidence that you can go listen to, like Megan said on Patreon. Mm-hmm. I just always think of the Rotary Jail. Yes. On the third floor. A lot of EVPs we got well, in the, the Rotary Jail. The full-blown conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, oh man. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, I'll be giving you some history and background on the jail. And that's why we're really hoping we didn't want to try to pack everything into one episode, too. We want to, again, do it justice. Yeah. So we're really just getting history and what to expect going and this is to almost these places. Like, this is almost like research for us before going to the locations. These are the kind of things that we do do before going to locations mm-hmm. so we know what we're walking into. Sometimes it's nice to go in blind and have like genuine unswayed reactions to things. Yeah, and depending on who goes with us, sometimes we will at least have one person in the party Not with no... no um, no background on the place before we go. Oh my god, I'm about to sneeze. Like my nose just started. <laughs> oh sorry. gosh. Stop. I'm trying to stop it. We like for one person usually that's coming to not know any background or history so they can have an unbiased opinion. I think I think we've just maybe always kind of thought that way, but maybe what kind of sparked it was Edna Collins. Uh-huh. When that was, that's what happened to us. They took us to Edna Collins, did not tell us the history of it. And we told them to a T what we saw. Like, oh, And it followed like to a T the story of Edna Collins. So. Right. We like to see if it's true. Yeah. So let's find out about the jail because I'm excited. Mm-hmm. There is some pretty dark history behind this. So like strap in y'all. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> okay. It is a three story rough faced limestone Italianette style building. Wow, okay. Uh, It is very pretty. I mean, it's that nice sandy colored limestone. So that's Mm -hmm. cool. It was built in 1876. Okay, okay. She old. And it was in continuous use until 1997. Man, and 
The jails are all have been kind of like that. I know that, again, the Rotary Jail was kind of like that. Yeah, that is 121 years of operation. That is not bad. Yep. It is the front section of the, this is kind of, it goes back to the, um, oh my gosh, the, the jail, old jail in. Okay, yeah. Oh, we have three, no, just two jails, sorry, that we've visited so far, right? Old Jail Inn in Rockville. Uh-huh. And the Rotary Jail in Crawfordsville. Right. Yeah, just those two. Okay. So kind of like the old jail inn, the front section of the jail is the sheriff's residence that has bedrooms, a parlor, a kitchen. So a whole living space. Yeah. The sheriff's wife would historically be the jail matron and cook. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. What a job. Yeah. And then the back portion of the house was the, or of the building was the cells. Okay. Oh, and all my information, most of it's coming from paraholics.com, which we have used before. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of mingled in with journalandcourier.com. Okay. And paraholics also got their information from that website. So it's just all intertwined. I'm not going to sit and like pinpoint what's Rehash, coming from where. Yeah. Okay. The sheriff resided in the building for more than 100 years. or So a sheriff. I was like, man. Not the sheriff, <laughs> but a sheriff. He was born into it, really. As far as the layout goes, there are 12 narrow unlit cells mm. that are about 4 feet by 8 feet. That <laughs> sucks. That sucks a lot. And they have antique locks and toilets. It, they have toilets in the cells? I guess. All right. So even less room. You're <laughs> oh, wait, I mean, you're it's right. nice, but at the and same time. Throw in the bed. And uh, yeah, that's going to be upstairs. And then there is a larger cell on the second floor used for female inmates and juveniles. And it's the only cell with a toilet. Okay, so that one's, that one's the only one with a toilet then, I guess. Okay. It's worded strangely. Anyway. The former dirt floor dungeon, as they called it, is located in the basement. Go figure. According to the former sheriff, Lawrence Wim Wimkin, Wimkin? Hmm, I don't know. quote, there are eight old cells down there where people were chained to the walls until they either confessed or went crazy. It makes your hair curl just to think about it. Yeah, it's funny because like we listen to so much true crime and paranormal stuff and see so many messed up things that i feel like you say it and i'm like mm, that that sucks yeah but ow. like <laughs> to really think about that mm -hmm. i don't like standing on my feet for a six hour shift at work like what in the world you're gonna chain me up to a wall and just expect me to know until you confess mm -mm. yeah all right originally there were 32 beds uh before they closed the second floor in the 1970s and then there was a padded cell used for the mentally disturbed prisoners or prisoners who became violent when drunk. Mm. Oh. The cells separated from the rest of the jail. Uh, the cells were separated from the rest of the jail by barred walkways with showers at each end and a day room. Okay. Um, yeah, again, it's kind of the setup of old jail in if you think about it. I mean, the bathroom was... I don't know if that was always the bathroom. Yeah, I'm like having a hard time picturing. Why am I having a hard time picturing where the bathrooms were in there? Old jail. I, I it was right the across the hall from us. <laughs> I because it was all the cells. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Okay. The bathroom was. I was in the like, back I corner. know I pottied while we were there. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Only three prisoners were said to have escaped in the jail's history. You know, not I, too shabby. That's probably a W. Mm-hmm. The average length of the prisoners' stay was only a few days. I mean, probably a lot of drunk, disorderly, whatever. Yeah, just drunk tank people, most likely. Mm-hmm. In a town this size, which again, we didn't cover, but it's not a huge town, I don't think. Yeah. The sheriff persisted in quest for remodeling of the jail after requests for funding were repeatedly denied by the Benton County Council. So they were looking to remodel it for a while. Didn't happen. I don't know if that's what caused the closure of it, mm-hmm. but whatever. Prisoners, personnel, temp- prisoners and personnel temporarily ex. Why is this so hard to say? <laughs> Evacuated due to structural damage to the then 101-year-old building caused by post-freezing ground thaw. Ugh, we can feel, I feel that right now. Mm-hmm. So when the everything melts, gets into the ground, and then freezes and expands all that crap. That's what's been happening. Mm-hmm. See? Gets 50, then 20, then 10, then 50. Mm-hmm. It's happening now. So uh, even though people weren't there on average very long... It still wasn't a great stay. It's a jail. I mean, it's not great anyway. But the prisoners did try to file suits claiming there were deplorable conditions, including lack of cell lighting and access to medical care. No And there were no policies to govern conduct of prisoners. That's a weird one. So they just kind of ran amok, I guess. I mean, like, I understand that they're unlawful and that's why they're there, but rules help. Mm -hmm. Well, the judge dismissed... This, as the prisoners demonstrated knowledge of emerging law with reference to prisoners' rights, but failed to demonstrate any claim of constitutional magnitude. Okay. And it says, quote, Much of the law grew out of factual context infinitely worse than anything that is here alleged in regarding to Benton County Jail. So, they're like, yeah, we know it sucks, but, I mean, (laughs) you're a prisoner. So, sorry about (laughs) you. And that was in 1982 that that was quoted. Man, okay. Mm-hmm. Substandard facilities again were cited, including lack of heat in winter and air conditioning in the summertime. Yikes. Yep. Also, there was no way to separate pre- and post-trial inmates by severity or crimes. Excuse me. <laughs> so they just like came out while I was talking. Right. Uh, so yeah, you have, I mean, I don't know how many murderers, probably not a ton of murderers, but you have just petty theft hooked up with, like, people who assaulted someone or something like that, you know? Right. The jail remains in use today just for storage, and there is a small museum. After the prisoners relocated from the 16-bed facility to the new jail that was constructed across the street in 1997. That literally then sounds like Rotary Jail on the first floor where you can go, like, look at the stuff in the little gift yeah. shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a little... um background on some of the more infamous prisoners in the jail this is where it gets a little dark so hang in there okay because piggy is yeah she's back on the shoulder it's pretty awful for both the prisoner and their victims i guess Mm -hmm. one of the most notorious prisoners there was jacob nelling he was a civil war veteran and farmhand who confessed to murdering the 15 year old ada atkinson in 1883 that i accidentally 
on the Fowler Theater's website, somehow uh-huh. that came up. It was like one of the first sentences in a paragraph. I went, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I figured that's what you, when you started freaking out, I was like, don't read it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So not great. She was found choked and stabbed 28 times in her bedroom on the family farm south of Oxford, where Nelling, who was 50 at the time, was working as a farmhand. I don't like that. And I mean, mm-hmm. back in the 1800s, literally no way to know. But like, I'm assuming other things happened. Yeah. I mean, I it gives there's a little bit more here. So, okay. I mean, it's not... I don't know why. Why does anyone kill anyone? Right. I mean, here you go. Nelling confessed to the murder saying, quote, I went upstairs and I found Ada there. I said to her, Ada, I'm going to kill you. What? Mm-hmm. She said not to do it, that she did <laughs> not mean- want to die that way. I told her I would do it, but I did not re- recollect what she said. Then I took hold of her and threw her down on the floor. Then I cut her throat. Then I began frenzy. Then I became frenzied and made the other cuts. It seems I did not care what I was doing. So I mean, <sighs> he blacked out. I guess. So maybe he didn't. Maybe then that didn't happen because if that if that's right, if he's telling the truth, obviously he is. Stuff is not all clicking up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's telling the truth, then this sounds that terrible. Was like premeditated, but not premeditated, and I doubt he went up there to assault. It was we the know. late eighteen hundreds. He was a Civil War vet and a farmhand, so I bet he went to work at a very young age and probably didn't have a lot of schooling either, mm-hmm. is my guess. Yeah. Anyway, Nelling was originally taken to Lafayette, but brought to Fowler and to the, the Benton Jail to await trial where he was expected to plead guilty. There was an organized mob of men. Here's where it gets like real bad. See, it's bad for what he did, but uh, it's not great what happens to him. Okay. There was an organized mob of men that arrived at the jail, and they were believed to have demanded of the sheriff the body of Nelling and the keys to the jail. Yeah, I mean, they're like, outraged that he killed this little girl. I understand yeah. that. After requests were denied, obviously, the mob forced their, in, their way into the jail. That's scary. When the men arrived at Nelling's cell, he was reportedly awaiting them, dressed and wearing an overcoat. Nelling taken away by buggy and was hanged from the walnut tree about 200 yards from the Atkins home. They lynched him up and drug him behind the buggy to a tree and then strung him up. Oh, so this was not the jail's decision. Like, they did that. No, this was, yeah, this was a group of people who showed up at the jail and said, give us Nelling. And they said, no, he's going to go to trial. And they wanted to do their own justice. Well... That's not right either. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they did. No, I'm not going to get into that. Never mind. (laughs) Well, and just to, I, this is ridiculous. Okay. His body was allowed to hang for hours. I think somewhere I read it was nine hours his body hung up there. Great. During Uh, which. Obviously alive. No, not at that point. It's not obviously. I didn't Mm -hmm. know if you meant like, kind of like we learned. No, he was hanged by the neck. I mean, he died. I mean, we learned that. There were times where they hung and, like, it didn't snap or whatever, and they hung there for an uncomfortable amount of time. Oh, I'm sure it took some time, too, because if they were just pulling him up the tree, it's not like he dropped from a scaffold. Right. Anyway, he hung there for hours, during which time hundreds came to view. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. A card with the words, quote, a warning to all murderers was attached to his coat. A rope cut, um, the rope was cut for souvenirs. 
I swear, this sounds just like, what was the place that we just covered where they went in and took the floorboards, the blood-covered floorboards? I thought that was Velisca. Was it Velisca? What the heck? Um, oh my gosh, where were we just at? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it'll come to me in a dream or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this, like, I feel for this guy or anything, but it's also terrifying to think what happened to him, too, like, what these people did. Yeah, they think that they're, like, doing justice. They're just as crazy. Like, what in the oh. world? Who justifies that that behavior? It gets worse. Okay, so they cut up the rope for souvenirs, and then Zephus Atkinson, which was Ada's father, mm-hmm. actually cut down the tree and proposed to make a cane for each member of the mob out of the tree. That's so... What what a time to be alive, mm-hmm. you know? And it said he said, quote, to the leader will be presented the best that can be made. Talking about the canes. I get I don't know, man. Uh, rumors were circulating that Nellie's body had been stolen from a pauper's grave and brought to surgeons. For what? For study? I don't know. It doesn't okay. say that's all I've got on that. So super awful on yeah. that. All, all around. Mm-hmm. Got a couple more here. Uh, a, a little bit more here about him. It says, To satisfy themselves whether Jacob Nelling's body laid moldering in the grave or not, some citizens of Oxford proceeded to the burial place and dug to the coffin. The coffin and body were gone. Search was made in the city yesterday for the remains. The old room in the McCormick block used for cutting up stiffs was examined, but nothing was found. That was written in 1933. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. We've got a couple more things here that I can cover. Uh... <laughs> you get lost? No, it's weird. The website that I'm using now, this is from Paraholics. They have it just bullet pointed and shorthand. So now they're just giving more accounts. Uh, that's like the longest story or history of one person. Yeah. This is just a list of other people who were in the jail. Okay. I don't know who Miss Elizabeth Lida is, but she was held at the jail for her husband's death. So uh, allegedly killed her husband in 1900 on November 15th, 1900, actually. Oh. Uh, there was a Board of State Charities report revealed that a plight of epileptic epileptics and public burden, saying, quote, It is a great wrong to confine them to jail. One has been confined in the Benton jail for four years. For having epilepsy? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, I don't know, man. They just kind of stuck anybody and everybody in here, I guess. There's a guy, Farmer John W. Poole, who was freed from the jail after facing murder charges and the death of a farmhand. Poole's son, Emery, provided information that led to the arrest of the actual person, saying that he and his family believed him insane. John Poole later was arrested again and sentenced for the murder. Oh, well. So it's, (laughs) I don't know. It was a lawless land. That was in 1911. Uh Uh-huh. Emery was charged with robbery and occupied the same Fowler cell as his father once had. Oh, good for him. In 1918, Albert Tolles was arrested for trying to strangle a seven-month-old baby and taken to the jail for safekeeping. Oh. And that was in 1916. Yikes. 
a man emerged from the woods, arousing suspicion of neighbors who called the sheriff. Quote, he was taken to Fowler Jail, jail where he has been a raving maniac. <laughs> 1924. Frank Fraser, confined to jail, awaiting insanity inquest, found attempting to hang himself with torn shirt in his cell in 1932. Um, if you're getting a pattern here, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, bad things that happen in this jail that, I don't know, probably has some unrest. Right. Farmer Leroy Clark, who was 21 at the time, admitted to slaying his wife, Mamie, as she lay beside their three-month-old son. My God. After right. first reporting the death as a suicide, Clark later confessed at the funeral home to the shooting of his wife because she refused to get out of bed to make breakfast. I swear to God, I know darn good and well that I... Uh... That How was in, little some things have changed. Yeah, that was in 1937. Uh, he was, uh, it was announced that he was in West Lafayette and they were going to be taking him back to Fowler Jail to keep him there. Just like, you have two hands. Mm -hmm. Do it yourself. Mm -hmm. The sheriff later credited Clark with providing information that prevented Benton Jail break by a teen inmate who had torn up cell plumbing in an attempt to get a pipe as a weapon. Oh. So they're like, good job, Clark. Even though you killed your wife, thanks for stopping this teenager. Yeah. Again, 1937. Uh, Mrs. May Hampton was the wife of Benton County Sheriff Ralph Hampton, and she died in the hospital, though presumably the death at the time of the residence, her death was at the residence in the sheriff's quarter. Okay. They think. So just... Again, inside the house. So, did your stomach growl a second ago? Yes, it okay. did. Okay, my Sorry. gosh, I started <laughs> to get really nervous. I was like, maybe I won't say anything. I just, it's, a, I don't know what it sounded like. I'm just glad Brr. we debunked that. Yeah, that was my tummy growling. Okay. Sorry. Just, you know me, always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, when did I eat today? Oh, gosh. I've just snacked all day long. Anyway, I, I ate at like 10 or 11. That's all. Uh oh. I really don't have much more. Like I said, both the the uh, websites that I found overlapped a lot. And Paraholics actually used a lot of Journal and Courier's information, which is the other place that I pulled it from. Yeah. So all that to say, you really don't need haunted history. Sorry, that was me. <sighs> you don't really need the haunted history because it spells it out for itself. You have all these crazy... I shouldn't say crazy, but you have all these people who were in this jail for doing awful things, who died in this jail, were wrongfully put in the jail because they had uh, epilepsy yeah, and things right. like that. So I'm actually really excited to see what I just want happens in this place. I want to go to another jail. Mm, yeah, I really do. Jails are a good place to investigate. So far, I mean, we're two for two yeah. at this point. I really thought there was a third one for some reason. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But, uh, oh, well, we did on that walk that we did. We didn't go in the jail, but it used to be the jail. Remember, it was like the Indianapolis. <sighs> it wasn't Indianapolis. That's why I had my boot on. Remember, I hurt my foot. I was in the boot. Mac, not Mackie. What? No. Uh, <laughs> but you remember the ghost tour, the walk that we did, and it was raining. Oh, was it the Lawrenceville? Maybe. Eh. 
I don't know. I don't know now. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I think there was a, a jail or what used to be the jail. We didn't get to go in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, it's we're just we have good luck with it and it's awful but with this really bad history and this bad past of this place it's to be expected yeah so and we're gonna get a twofer yay we will be investigating both places here very soon and bringing you hopefully some good findings yeah i hope (laughs) see what happens so this is the teaser for our next episode which i think what we've decided is I don't know if we decide. I'm kind of just making right. this executive decision that it's probably going to be our next first of the month episode will be our follow up. Yeah. We'll 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 see if that changes, but I, that's the that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. At this point. So next week you're not going to get part 2 yet. You're just going to have to hold your breath for that one and we're going to take you back on the alphabet train. Yeah. Which lord, I don't know where we're at. New Mexico? Do we just do New Hampshire? Yes. So, New Mexico? Probably. Guys, <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Still haven't put up that, uh, that map. That, yeah. that US map. You know what? By the time we get into, like, Texas, maybe I'll put one up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's gonna wrap it up this time. Oh, I'm I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. <laughs> I know. I'm excited and also hungry. Your stomach growled and I said, mm, me too. How about mm, that? Yeah. So let's go so we can eat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> bye, guys. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsothesaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsothesaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsothesaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you you next week. week.